running away from people now. 20, 10, and gone. Moniel, 67-yard touchdown run. I've got reporters' <laughs> notebooks older than Seth. Fati was always soft. Can't uh, win on the road, they say. <laughs> DeVito pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. This is Orange Nation, brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you over the course of the next two hours. We do have two guests lined up for you. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, uh, we'll head down to Hangerstown, Maryland, WDVM. Alif Kareem is a sports anchor, sports reporter there. As we continue to preview Syracuse, Maryland, and then in hour number two, right around 1.30, we'll have our good friend Steve Andrus on from Radio.com Sports as we preview week one of the NFL season. There is one NFL game in the books. It was it was kind of a dud. Uh, what a everybody was, was waiting months upon months for regular season football to arrive, and uh, a little bit of a letdown last night as we saw a grand total of one touchdown scored in that game between the Packers and Bears. They were just honoring the uh, 100th year anniversary, and they were going, going back to 1920, school. and they were struggling with the forward pass and, uh, you know, low-scoring games. It was. And for those of you who have Aaron Rodgers or Mitch Trubisky, for that matter, on your fantasy teams, you're not too happy with the start of the, the fantasy football yeah, but, season. But what about those who are going up against uh, Aaron Rodgers or Well, then Mitch you're Trubisky's, feeling good. Like, that, uh, that would be you? Yeah. I don't know which one. I'm going up against one of them. Well, you're feeling pretty good then. I am. I am. My opponent had uh, had Trubisky and and uh, Devonte Adams last night. Walked out with 12 total points. All right, so you're going to be. I'm feeling great. I think you. Yes, <laughs> the, the, for good reason. Uh, we'll have Steve Andrews on to talk fantasy sports uh, coming up in hour number two. But we begin with with Syracuse and Maryland. And I've got a question for you, Seth. And I don't know if you know the answer, but it's it, you know I, I wasn't on the show yesterday. And, and I was just thinking about this matchup. And so over the course of the last 24 hours, I came up with this question that, that I wanted to start the show with. Let's say that the roles were reversed. I'm trying to figure out why SU fans are so concerned about this game. Let's say Syracuse played Howard, okay, and Syracuse crushed him. And and we've heard that, you know, Howard is, you know, a glorified Division three school. Like, it was a, it was a scrimmage, essentially. Yes. And let's say Syracuse opened with Howard and just demolished him. And let's say that Maryland opened up on the road against Liberty with, you know, Hugh Freeze and some more talent there. And I know that they're transitioning from FCS to FBS, but again, a tougher challenge. And they won, you know, 24 nothing or 31 nothing, whatever the case may be. Would we be having the same discussions this week? Like, is everyone caught up in the scores yes. that they saw? They saw 79 to nothing. They saw 24 to nothing. And all of a sudden, everyone around town is panicked. That we're not going to get two and zero Syracuse and two and zero Clemson next week because that's the way it feels to me that everyone is just looking at the scores and not necessarily looking at this particular matchup. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's hard not to agree with what you said. Um, at it, in one regard, I get it, right? Because seventy nine is a gaudy number. Like that's a lot of points to put up on anybody. Uh, that being said, it was Howard. And it's not, you know, uh, it, like that's not a team that's even as good as Liberty is. You know, that, you, you know what? It's not happen? a team that's got the talent level to go ahead and do it. But 
you look at that and 79, like that's a lot of points. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you no, know what fine. you know what would have happened if the roles were reversed? People around town still would have been nervous because they would say, well, it was Howard. It was 79 to nothing. What did we really learn about this team? Right? If Syracuse had played Howard and won 79 to nothing, people around here would still be nervous about this Maryland game because, well, they didn't play anybody. What did we really learn? And and I guess that's that's my biggest question with Maryland. Like, what did we actually learn about Maryland in that first game? Nothing. Nothing. And that's what and that's what Emily Jimbalvo said when she was on with us yesterday, right? She said we didn't really learn much of anything. We we just didn't because um, it was seventy nine to nothing. It was twenty five to nothing after the first quarter. These guys, the the starters, didn't even play two full quarters. They learned nothing about their team. And yeah, they think they've got a quarterback, and their quarterback this year is a lot better. You know, even if he's not that good every week, he's a lot better than what they had in previous years. But at the same time, like you don't know what you really have. And Anthony McFarland Jr. didn't really do all that much. They didn't let him do all that much uh, in that game. Who knows how they're going to react when they go play a real team? I mean, that the reality is, who knows how they're going to react when they go play a real team? So maybe... As we're discussing this, maybe that is the scariest part of last week for Syracuse is that they still don't know all that much about Maryland, right? We didn't learn anything about Maryland. You know, I'm sure Dino Babers and, and the team, obviously, they've they've watched tape. They've gone over the game. Um, but, again, in a 79 nothing blowout where the starters didn't even play two full quarters, they didn't learn all that much about the opponent. And with a new coaching staff there, Mike Loxley, and, and known for his offensive mind, just like Hugh Freeze was known for his offensive mind, and you've got talent there. I mean, you've got Big Ten talent, even though they were 6-6 six and six a year ago. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty good at the skill position. So maybe that is the biggest concern for the Orange, is that it's a Big Ten team on the road. They've got a lot of talent. There's a new coaching staff. And at the top of the list, they don't know all that much about the Terps and just like Syracuse is holding some things back or was holding some things back against Liberty, we know Maryland certainly was doing the same thing. I guess, yeah. I mean, in a way, that's a concern. But I, you know, I still think you're the better team. You're, you've got better players. You're, you're more talented, right? Even at what they were last year, uh, Maryland was a very middle of the road. Big Ten team. Before that, they weren't even middle of the road, right? Like they were, they were very much in the same place that you were a couple of years ago. And and DJ Durkin was not doing good things before he got fired. Like he he wasn't doing a good job on the field before he got fired for everything that happened off the field. So it's not like he was, um, you know, to me he 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 wasn't long for the job anyway. And then he got fired because of off-the-field things. So you were going in that direction anyway. Um, it's not like they are rich with talent. It's not like they have won a lot of games recently. Um, I look at this, and I still think that Syracuse should go down there and win. I think that uh, the fact that they, they are two-point underdogs, I mean, if I were allowed to bet on this when I was at the Yellow Brick Road Casino last night, I might have put money on that. Um, like I, I feel like it's you know I, f- I feel like people are overthinking this too much because seventy nine points is a really gaudy number and it looks really crazy to be thrown up on a scoreboard on a bottom line on a highlight package it looks insane but again it was against Howard and so you don't know much about what's there outside of the seventy nine points and to your point maybe that's a negative for Syracuse they didn't they didn't show off all that much uh Liberty uh, I should say Maryland didn't have to go deep into their playbook didn't have to show anything of note um I mean do we think Syracuse showed that much I mean the the only thing that I would imagine they didn't want to pull out in the Liberty game that they did is the two back set right okay so, so now they, Maryland's so been now, tipped off to that okay so now now you're tipped off that they might use a two back set I okay. got 
you know, I, I don't know that they really gave away that much in in the win. I do think people are getting caught up in the seventy-nine and nothing. You know, I was I was looking at predictions before I came over here today, looking at the national predictions because I feel like locally, the local media seems to all be in agreement that this is a Syracuse win. Um, I, local I think media it, on both sides. I, I mean, think that's... it's a Syracuse. Well, right, <laughs> but I, I'm saying specifically the Syracuse media, like you know the guys at Syracuse.com and Brent Axe and you know Nate Mink and Stephen Bailey and the guys that we have on the show quite a bit. Uh, Julian Wiggum said he thought it was going to be a, a Syracuse victory and and, a, and an easy Syracuse victory at that. Um, you look at the national media though, and there are quite a few people picking Maryland. I saw one score that had Maryland win by two touchdowns, and I I just I don't know where these these predictions are coming from because going into the season, we looked at this and we said, all right, you know, Maryland had some turmoil last year, new coaching staff. It generally takes a little bit for, you know, a, a team that's in turmoil to kind of take to the new coaching staff. And it might be a little bit before they get it going. And yeah, they've got talent there. Um, but Syracuse is the better team and, and Syracuse should win that game. I didn't see anything last week that, that has changed my mind. And you use the phrase overthinking it. And I, I think you're right on the money. I think that some members of the national media, and maybe the SU fans are nervous about this, are are overthinking it a little bit. And maybe we're just conditioned that, well, you know, remember the last time Syracuse played Maryland? They were getting ready for Notre Dame the next week, and Doc Rose said national relevance. If they win this game, that game's going to be nationally relevant back in 2014. You know, Scott Schaefer was coming off the, the Texas Bowl victory. 3-0, and and damn it. Right, we're 3-0. and Right, yeah. and they started that particular season 2-0, and and they're taking on Maryland, and they've got Notre Dame next, and a chance for that to be a huge game down in New York City. And then, and then what happened? And then, you know, Maryland did go out and win that game by two touchdowns. Syracuse made a lot of mistakes. That was a brutal game. Oh, Syracuse made a lot of mistakes. Syracuse, had, it felt like Syracuse was the better team. Do you remember they they made had a lot 600 of 600 yards of offense yeah. in that game? A lot of mistakes. Put up like 20 points. So maybe it, it's just, again, this fan base is conditioned to be skeptical, right? To, to not completely buy in the, you know, the show me. Uh, approach, you know, show me that you're going to win this game, and then and then I'll believe you. You know, show me that you that you can get to that Clemson game undefeated. Um, so may, maybe that's where it's coming from. But I know there are a lot of people around town, among the fan base, nervous about this game. And in the ma- national media, a lot of people are looking at Maryland, saying, "Yeah, I think Maryland at home. I think they win this game and and they knock off Syracuse." And I'm, I I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. I could be wrong. I just don't see it though. I I don't see. I mean, could it happen? Of course it could happen. I, I think Syracuse wins this game by, by two possessions tomorrow. Yeah, I think I, they win by ten plus points. I'm with you. Um I don't I don't see them losing this game. I, I I don't I certainly don't see them losing by two touchdowns. I did see um earlier today David Hale and and Andre Adelson from the AC from ESPN's uh, ACC coverage, uh their two main ACC reporters, both of them picked Syracuse to win this game. Um I, I think that Syracuse wins. I I don't know that um, I'm not going to go ahead and say the game's not going to be all that close. It might be. Um, you know, it, it could be within a possession or two, and then it kind of gets stretched out towards the end. But I think that Syracuse goes ahead and wins. I, I don't think that that is asking too much. I don't think that that is um, kind of projecting what they might be. Like I, I think that they played a tougher opponent last week, and it showed on the scoreboard. And and even with that. Uh, they still got a shutout win, right? They got a win that by the time the third quarter was over, you knew they were going to win the game as much as you might not have wanted to think that because you're conditioned to think the worst. 
This is the way I look at it, Seth. Both these teams have talent at the skill positions. Both these teams have new starting quarterbacks, guys who who have played meaningful snaps. DeVito last year, Josh Jackson played meaningful snaps at Virginia Tech, but this is a, a new role for them. Jackson's with a new school. DeVito's in a in a new role as the the starting quarterback this year. Um, so where what does this game come down to? For me, I look at what is Maryland's weakness, and Maryland's weakness is up front. Offensive line, defensive line. And we know that SU's strength is up front, at least on the defensive side of the ball, and yes, they've got some questions on offense. But I'm going to go with, in my opinion, the better team, the team that is now under Dino Babers for year four. This is the fourth year for the coaching staff, whereas you've got you know, a, a guy four. Mike Loxley. Right, month four. That's a great way to put it. I was going to say game two, but it's really game one because, again, Howard was like, you know, playing, uh, you know, when Syracuse plays Damon College in basketball as one of the exhibition games. Like, that's what Howard was. So it's essentially game one for these guys, opposed to year four for Syracuse. So I'll take the better team that's better up front. And the team that's further along with its system. And and I think Syracuse, again, we'll get to our predictions later in the show, but no secret. I'm taking Syracuse. I think they win by two scores, which, you know, obviously they're, you know, a one to two point underdog right now. I, I think they win by a couple of possessions. I'm with you. Um, I, I will take the team that's further along. I will take the team that I think is more talented. I will take the team that I think is, is had played a better team last last week. Um, that that tested, and I say that to say they tested themselves a little bit more uh, in that game last week than than Maryland did with Howard. Um, and I'll take the team that I just think is better, and I think that Syracuse is better. And I think uh, you know we talked about this earlier in the week. There's a lot riding on this game. You know, not again, not for the big picture, right? Not or not for the seasonal big picture uh, of of hey, if you want to win nine games, if you want to win eight games, if you want to go to the Orange Bowl, you've got to win this game. Not saying that. Um, but big picture, like program wise, multi year wise, this weekend, next weekend wise, national there's, relevance. There's a Seth. lot. There's a lot riding on this game, um, and I'm not saying that the players are thinking about that, but I, I think that. Oh, I'm sure they. Um, are. I think that that is important to note as you go into this game as well, and I think Syracuse is going to pull it out. I, I'm sure they are, and that's not to say that they're looking past Maryland and thinking about Clemson yet, but they understand what's at stake. I think everybody understands what's at stake, whether they admit it or not. The coaching staff knows what's at stake. Uh, certainly, the players do as well. You go out, you take care of business, and and you, and you get everything that comes with next week. You know, you get game day and and I mean you already have the national buzz. Um but you get a game that is I mean it is the game of the century. It is. I mean it's it's the biggest game in 20 plus years. It's the game of the millennium, Steve. It, it is I mean that's not overstating it though because the the last time there was a game this big if both these teams are 2 and 0 again, I think you got to go back to the 98 opener. I mean so it is. It's the game of the century. Not to put too much pressure on them tomorrow. This is the game of the century. Should they enter it two and zero? Let's take a timeout. We'll uh, we'll get to a leaf Kareem from WDVM in Hagerstown, Maryland. He's set to join us next. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Running away from people now. Twenty, ten, and gone. Moniel, sixty-seven yard touchdown run. I've got reporters' <laughs> notebooks older than Seth. Fati was always soft. Can't win on the road, they say. <laughs> DeVito pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito in relief, wins it for the Orange. 
This is Orange Nation, brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Kind of disappointed you didn't start the hour with our new fancy next question Steve, open. forgot it yesterday, too. I didn't forget it this time. I played the open. We've, we've got reasons to play the open at the start of the hour. we gotta, we got to get it in. I was, I was looking forward to the next question. I guess I'll have to All wait until right. Monday. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. This is Next Question on Orange Nation. I just wanted to hear a little Migos. Is that right? Is that who it is? Must, it's Mustard and Migos, actually. Okay. Yeah. I got to get that right for Monday. Uh, what do you have for Wait, us today? Hold some, on. Some over-unders. Hold on. We've what? got Tommy here in studio. Let's ask somebody who's lived in Syracuse his whole life as well, all right? What do you got? Uh, dome dogs. Uh-huh. A thing, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Dome foams. Yeah. Thing. Dome chose. Not familiar with that. It's all right. I mean, it's an exclusive club, but it's a thing. What is it? The Dome Nachos. Dome chose. Okay. It works. I was getting crapped on yesterday on the Seth Everett show for, yeah, for calling them Dome Chose. Never heard I mean, that before in my life. Yeah, because it's not a thing. It's a very exclusive club to be in. Maybe Other my people friend, besides you call it that? Yes. Okay. My my friend group and outside of that, students. So you're talking about like... Okay. So the students. I think the student. I think it's a I young mean, sort, be, of, sort of slang. It's this, an up and coming slang term for nachos at the carrier. This must be new, dome. and I, I don't like to think that I'm that far out of school, but I, I guess I am. I graduated three and a half years ago. Never heard that really? once. If Never you heard it went, once. See, that's a tough to, case against. If you went to the concession stand and said that to Oof. one of the There's workers, no way would they, they, would they know what you were talking about? Here's the issue. If you were to say the other two, they would. But that's because you're saying dome dog. There's the dog part. If you just say chose. Nobody's going to know what you're talking about. But if I were to say dome nachos. If you said I want, I want some foam, they would know. Yeah, if you're at a beer line, they're uh, going to know what, fair you, what you're saying by dome foam. But if you're in a line for fair. food and you say dome shows, like, you need a little there's, bit of interpretation There's no for way that. they would know what you're talking no, about. I, there's probably no not. way. But I think so, some will. I don't think they'll it's, be clueless. It's a hard no for you, Tommy. Let's get really? to our over-unders. Yeah. <laughs> we That's can't make not it, a thing. You won't help me in making no. it a thing? No, I don't, I don't like it. I don't really? like nachos to begin with. It's so. the best food item at the carrier. Really? Oh, absolutely. You not can... anymore. They unveiled some new healthier they're options still last well, night. They're still there. Are you excited about like the healthy options? Because I know you're like trying to trying to hone in on your diet and things. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I like more options. You'll and... grab a salad at the football game. Uh, probably won't eat a salad. The wrap, the wrap <laughs> might be an option. The wrap yeah, is legitimate. I'll, I think that's that's a borderline football game option. But yeah, the salad, that sounds good to me. I, I don't. I wouldn't eat a salad at a football game. Throwing could, you out a of wrap? <laughs> could you imagine sitting in the bleachers of the dome and you're just like sitting there with a bowl and a fork and you're just like, no, terrible. Going, going. It doesn't work. Going at a salad. No, you can't do that. Uh, we'll move on. Fine. We'll move on to next question. But in now. answer to your question, Seth, yes, I'm glad that they're that they're having some healthier options. Yeah, it's a good thing. You'll be eating the fruit. So no, there's I, fruit bowls, uh, there's like I, cheese I, bowls. I'll go with the wrap. Okay, that, yeah, I think so. See, that's better than like a cheeseburger or hot dog. I don't like hot dogs. Mm-mm. Really? No. Let's get okay. to your over-unders. Uh, we'll just start off with the fir- with the basic over-under line, 57 and a half. You guys butchered this last week. Can you? <laughs> will you make up for it? 57 and a half. I'll go <sighs> under. What do you got, Steve? I'm going thinking, over. I think I think you're right. I think I would take the over in this as well. Uh, you think about it, 57, that's 30 points each, give or take. 
And I'll be honest need with you, to get over. Th- my, my pause was in regards to, is Maryland going to score enough against the Syracuse defense? Yep. Which, again, we're not used to thinking <laughs> along those lines. I think the Syracuse offense is going to be just fine. I think we're going to see them put up 30-plus points this week. In my head, I'm trying to decide whether or not Maryland's going to you know, score 24, 27 points. I'll, so I'll, I'll say over. I yeah, don't think it's was, much over, but I, I think the game cracks the 60s. That was the uh, the quick math I was trying to do as well. So if they do score more points, 24, than they did last week against Liberty, do you credit to that one more work of 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 being with the wide receivers who were, were injured during the Again, it's, or do you it's actually... no one reason. There, there were a lot of reasons okay. in my mind they struggled. Again, first start, going up against a defense that did things they did not practice against, and sure. they had to adjust on the fly. New Fair. offensive line, then the center goes out, and you know the the banged up wide receivers and the timing and it just it wasn't a good day for a lot of reasons. So I I don't think it's just one thing you can point to. I think the offense is going to be just fine. All right. Uh, how about over under? And I'm going to give Tommy DeVito the benefit of the doubt with all the reasons that you just mentioned. And I'll add on 50 yards to what he did last last week. 225 passing yards from from him this week. Yes, over. Yeah, I'll okay. say over. I right. think he's going to bounce back and have a good week. And, so and let, I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Sure. Listen, they're going to they're going to have to do more offensively to win this game comfortably. So last week they could kind of settle for just running the football, and you know, twenty points was going to be enough. They, Liberty wasn't going to score. Um, yes, they they're going to open it up a little bit more. I'm not saying they're going to show Clemson everything. I, I think we're going to see them throw the ball more and throw it with more success. And speaking of that heavy running attack, the big three running backs for Syracuse: Mo Neal, Abdul Adams, Jar- uh, Jarvion Howard. They combined for 37 carries last week. Do they go over under that this week? The big three running backs. I'll say under. They ran, um, ran the ball a lot in the second half. They did. I'll say under, but I don't think it's going to be that much under. I, I think that they might still run the ball a combined 30 times. I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to be that far under. I think the difference is that um, your passing game is going to be a little more successful. Um, and you're not going to be leading by as much, so you're probably not going to run quite as much in the and, second And half. this is just the running backs. This is yep. not Count those DeVito running in a handful of So even of Chris Elmore, I'm, I'm taking okay. out of it. It's just yeah. those three. That's on the higher end. 37 is on the higher end that you'll That's see this year, right? Yeah. I, I feel comfortable probably with the under there. 13 Fourth, carries each. It was yeah. 14 for Mo Neal and Abdul Adams and 9 for Jarvion Howard. It's a lot. I think that math's right, right? Yeah, that's 30, 37. Yes. Uh, leading receiver for SU last week was Mo Neal. But I want to move on to the leading actual receiver, which was Taj Harris, who had one catch for only 31 yards. So I'm going to give amazing, right? I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt again to these these Syracuse wide receivers, and I'm going to actually double that and a little bit more and say, will the actual receiver, the leading actual receiver for Syracuse, have over or under 70 yards this week? Over. Yeah, I'm going over too. I really think the passing game is going to step up. And I up. think there are going to be some big plays in this game. We didn't see big plays, with the exception of Mo Neal's 42-yard yeah. scamper. Well, we didn't see any big plays. And that's what Liberty was trying to take away, right? Liberty was trying against everything else to to stay back and take away the deep ball. Um, you know, maybe Maryland's going to do the same thing, but I think that they'll be able to beat them a little bit underneath. And, and if they can't take away the deep ball, I mean, we've seen that Tommy DeVito can throw a nice deep ball. Right, I, I, if if absolutely nothing else, we know he can throw a good deep ball. Now, wouldn't you think since that Liberty defense worked so well last week that you'll see teams now go to that, or do you think that since Syracuse now has that on tape, they'll try to they'll shy away from it? But it also is Liberty. Like, well, well yeah, I mean, your I don't defense know. is a lot better than 
or right. these ACC and what they exactly. have coming up, their defense think, are a lot better. I think that I think that you're probably going to see teams hedge a little bit to try and take away the deep ball, but not to the same extent that Liberty did because they'll probably say, "Hey, we've got the athletes." But could they hedge to a, a better extent since they have better talent than Liberty? Liberty was able no, to do it. With no, but Liberty, bad but, talent. but I think Liberty played it to such an extreme. Okay. is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think that you'll see other teams play it to that extreme. All right, last one, a little bit on the joking side here. Over under two and a half push-ups from Dino Babers on the sideline. <laughs> we saw him drop a ball, and I guess that's something in practice where they have to do, what, 10, 15 push-ups if you drop a ball. He he didn't he did not complete those 10 push-ups. Yeah, he, but he just had shoulder surgery. Give him a break. Is that an excuse? Or, that's, he, just he the fact not that he even did excuse. one, I think. Why that, is he going for the catch then? If he has shoulder, how can you lift his arm up? If you can lift your arm up to go for the catch, you should be able to do some push-ups. All right. I, I I'm just, sorry, the, Coach The Bayers. fact that he even made the effort to do push-ups, I think he... Yeah. Uh, I like it. Um, I'm going to go under. Uh, we did have, we do have this sound. I've been waiting to play this all week. Mo Neal was on Packer and Durham talking about this. Uh, yeah, we would definitely give him a hard time, man. But, you know, a lot of people don't know he just came off of surgery. So, you know, we, we let him get a little, bit of a, a little bit of a pass off that form. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was still pretty good, though, Mo. It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wasn't too bad, but hey, that's not that's not the expectations of my football team. <laughs> I think that plays well with the players. Just the fact that he tried to do a couple yeah. push-ups, I, I think that builds some some equity. Not that he needs to. I mean, he's he's definitely a player's coach, but that yeah. really plays well in the locker room. You would think. And I love West Durham. He's like, yeah, hey, I didn't think those push-ups looked too bad. And Moniel's like, no, we got to hands of ba- hands of pans from Coach Babers. You got to catch that ball. It was right at him. He has to catch that. Uh, so we'll go under. 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 Yeah. You, are you catching that ball on the sidelines, Steve? You know what? Heck yeah. I think in, in this particular game. You will, Seth? Heck yeah. I, I, do, right. I do think this game, it's going to be a little closer than the Liberty game, so I don't think he's going to be thinking about push-ups. Okay. Now, was it, I can't remember, but was it a pass from, from Buckshot Calvert or was it a pass from Tommy DeVito? No, I think it was Buckshot. Okay, so he's swatting it down. There's his excuse right there. He was batting the ball down. He was playing defense. There's your excuse right there. Built-in spin zone. You're welcome, Coach Bears. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, we'll bring you back later in the show with uh, today's business. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to keep the, the picks moving along, though. Uh, we've got to get to our weekly picks uh, in the next segment. So keep it here. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. We've got Steve Andrews from Radio.com Sports set to join us in the next segment to talk week one of the fantasy football season. But time to get to our picks uh, for week two. And uh, I own a slight lead. This is something new for me. I usually start atrociously, and if that's a word. And then I, I, think uh, it is. I, I come back. We've seen it the last two years. I come back to, to win uh, by the end of the season. But I'm off to a, a two-and-one start. You went one and two uh, in week one. So let's get to our week two picks. So, again, th- this is how this works. We'll pick the Syracuse game. We'll pick the Bills game, the Giants game, and then two wild cards of your choosing. So uh, why don't you start first? All right, we'll start with Syracuse. Uh, they're... Uh, one and a half point underdogs going on the road. Maryland line swung very quickly in favor of the Terps. Um, I will take Syracuse because I, I don't get why they're not favored anymore. I think they're better. And uh, if you're going to give me a point and a half, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Um, I've spent the last, what, 75 minutes talking about how I think Syracuse is going to win this game by two scores. Uh, so I'll take Syracuse as well. Um, 
Let's move on to uh, Bills Jets. Uh, the latest line I saw was uh, Bills are plus three on the road at MetLife Stadium. I wish I got this when it was two and a half, um, but uh, it's at three now. <sighs> I don't know. I don't trust the Bills. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't trust either of these teams. But the fact that the Bills are starting on the road, uh, and maybe this is the the Buffalo Bill pessimistic fan in me, but I'll I'll take the Jets in the opener. See, and I go the other way. Uh, I don't trust the Jets. I, I just, I don't. And so I'm going to take the Bills plus the three. Um, I'm going to say that they win. Uh, the Jets, Jet fans have big expectations this year, and I'm not totally sure why. Um, like Le'Veon Bell might help, but he also might not be good because he hasn't played football in a year. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a given that he comes in and from week one is Le'Veon Bell again. Um, you know, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Bills can can win this one at least keep it close. Giants, uh, they are a touchdown underdog on the road at Dallas. That's one of the four o'clock kicks on Sunday. That's a lot. Rivalry game. Touchdowns a lot. Uh, they still haven't established what Zeke's role is going to be in this game. I assume he's going to play. There have been some reports, though, that he might not get a full workload. Which would make um, sense. Which would make sense. Um, I say the Giants keep it within a touchdown. I'll take the Giants. Um, I don't trust the Giants. Um, I'm not sure that they're all that good. I don't I don't think that the defense is... Uh, I don't think that the defense is going to be very good this year, and certainly not at the beginning of the year. Um, I'll say that Dallas wins and wins by more than a touchdown, probably 10 points. All right. You want to go with your first wild card? Uh, yeah, one second. Um, sorry. I, I, I like to keep I'm, – I'm keeping track, so i got to type in your, your train pick. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, to Jacksonville, where Kansas City is visiting. The Chiefs are uh, heading on the road for week one of the season. They're, th- they're only three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be really good again, and I know that the numbers on quarterbacks who have the kinds of years that Patrick Mahomes had, um, the, the numbers aren't necessarily as pretty and as good the following season. Uh, but I think Mahomes will 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 follow it up with another good year. And I, I don't know that Jacksonville is all that good. We saw a sharp decline in their defense uh, year over year uh, from the two years ago to last year. Uh, yeah, they've got Nick Foles. Um, they paid him a lot of money. He's won playoff games, but is Nick Foles really a, a quarterback that you want leading your team for 16 games? I think that we're going to kind of get that idea tomorrow. I think Kansas City will win by more than a field goal. All right, I'm staying away from the NFL because it is week one and there's so much that's unknown at this point. So I'm going to go to the, to the college game for, for both my wild cards. I'm going to start with Miami on the road at North Carolina. The Hurricanes are a five-point favorite. This is the way I look at this. So Miami, for all their flaws in that week zero game against Florida, with the you know they they were able to to turn Florida over. They had all sorts of opportunities, but their offensive line let them down. They gave up double digit sacks in that game, and and Florida was able to escape with the win. Um, a lot of people are picking Miami to to win the coastal, or or at least to be in the mix with you know Virginia, Virginia Tech, and everybody else over there. I don't think Miami is starting the season zero and two. Uh, and they have the the added incentive of this being a revenge game. Manny Diaz fired by Mac Brown as Texas's defensive coordinator back in 2013. Mac Brown now, uh, you know, back uh, as a head coach with with North Carolina. I think Miami has the better athletes. They've had extra time to prepare because they played in Week Zero, and now they they had a week off to to get ready for. Uh, North Carolina, and oh by the way, it, it, as many mistakes as as you know, they had so many mistakes in that Florida game with double digit penalties and the double digit sacks that they gave up. Um, they still had 
a nationally ranked opponent on on the ropes. Um, so I think Miami's got the better athletes. They've got revenge. They had the the extra time to prepare, more rest. I, I think Miami wins by a touchdown or more. See, it's funny that you mentioned this is your first wild card game because this was one of my <laughs> my wild card picks. Um, I don't know why I like North Carolina in this game, but I really? like North Carolina. Wow. All right, um, going head to head on this one. Yeah, so I'm going to take look the the heels. They're they're home. Um, they're they're a five point underdog at home. I. Uh, I, I guess Mac Brown is some kind of quarterback whisperer, and and he's doing good things I, faster than anybody would have thought. Uh, I I don't know. Again, I don't have a great feeling of why I like this game, but I like it. Um, you know, Miami continually gets hyped up and propped up as the the great thing to come out of the coastal. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take UNC though with uh, with the five points. All right, so we've got three different head-to-head picks. I like it. So a lot's gonna happen uh, this weekend. For my other wild card, uh, I'm gonna go with the the Clemson Texas A&M game. Um, I don't know the line you had. It, the line's been all over the place. It opened at 19, it went down to 17. I, I the the latest I saw was 17 and a half. Are you comfortable with 17 yeah, and I've a half? Yeah, got 17. So whatever, okay. whichever one you want. Um, so I again I think Clemson is going to win this game, but talk about you know the the revenge aspect of it. Texas A and M lost a tough one a year ago, a game that that they very much could have won. Um, they've got a veteran team back. They had an offense last year that ranked 15th in the country with Kellen Mond at quarterback. Mond is back. Uh, they put up. 36 points per game last year, um, almost 475 yards of total offense. They've got Jimbo Fisher running the show, um, and we know that there's bad blood between him and Dabo, and you know the, at least there's a, the rivalry there. Uh, I think Clemson wins the game, and I, I don't think they're in danger of losing this one like they were last year, but I, I think Texas A&M is good enough. Uh, to keep this one within 17 and a half points. So, you know, maybe Clemson wins by a couple of touchdowns, but I think Texas A&M keeps it relatively close, keeps it interesting, so I'll take the Aggies. Okay. I I think that's I think that's a reasonable expectation. The thing is, uh this game is uh is it's at Clemson, in Clemson, right? Last, year, last was at year was at College Station. Um but I I mean, I think something about that game that's so interesting. And I think we talked about it last year when it happened. Um who's the coach? There there are two coaches that know Dabo Sweeney, I think better than any other opposing coaches. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And, you know, it just so happens that now Jimbo Fisher doesn't coach in the same division as Dabo, but they got these two games uh, in back-to-back years, the first two years that he's at Texas A&M. So I, I think that, you know, when you look at that, that would me that, that would make sense as a close game. Yeah, and, and that game last year was why Kelly Bryant got a championship ring, right? Because, I mean, that was the one game that— I thought he didn't get one. Well, that was his case. I'm sorry. That was his case for getting a championship ring. He he won them that game. Yes. I mean, he did. If, if nothing else, he won them that game. Then he lost his starting job, but he, he came up big down the stretch of that game. Um, yeah, because Trevor Lawrence wasn't ready for it yet. Right. Wasn't ready to play. And they go were splitting time. It, you know, at that point, they were still, you know, Lawrence was getting time and getting snaps. But Kelly Bryant, when push came to shove, made the plays down the stretch for for them to to win that game and survive, and and then ultimately lost his job, and and they went on to to win the national title. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, Steve Andrews from Radio.com Sports set to join us next to talk Week One of the fantasy season. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.